I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves, all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS, and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we've been working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing Knock Knock. Uh, joining me, I'm happy to welcome back, once again, Marcus Irving to discuss the Eli Roth thriller. Uh, how's it going, Marcus? Uh, it's good, Sam. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's great to have you on again. Uh, you actually you were the second uh, member to join the Three Timers Club on the Keanu, on Keanu Believe It. That's fine. How does it feel? I, I, I'm honored. Uh, I mean, so far it's just you and Marcelo. Uh, the jackets are not being made, so sorry Those about are that. only for when we hit five. Right. We're running out of shots. Running out of chances. It'll, I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, uh, discussing knock, knock today. Uh, so I hadn't seen this before, uh, recording. Uh, I take, I, I understand that you have and that you enjoy it. Is that correct? Yeah. I've seen it a number of times. I think it's awesome. Well, okay. So this is going to be <laughs> uh, a conversation, yeah. uh, cause I really did not care for this. Right. Uh, I, but I can see, honestly, I can see what. Because there's a, I can see a good version of this is what I'll I'll start off by saying. Like I, uh, why don't you just you know break down a little bit overall what you enjoy about it? Sure. Well, it's directed by Eli Roth, who I know is not everybody's favorite director, and he's not really my favorite director either. But I like a lot of his movies. Like Hostel, I think is good. Hostel Two, I think is great, and they're more more or less. Just, just in that good territory. But I think this is the first movie he's made, and still the only, because Death Wish is terrible. But this is the first movie he's made that I think is, like, excellent. This is, like, so far above the rest of his filmography, I think. And, uh, I don't know, this might be getting ahead of myself, but I think this is my favorite Keanu Reeves performance. I think this movie has so much so many cool things going for it uh i don't know so, i don't really like it a lot i think it's intense yeah, I, I mean i so i'm not super well read into eli roth i mean i uh i know who he is obviously i know i've seen i think hostels the only that and the house of, house and clock and its walls are the only movies i've actually seen of his but even then i under from what i understand like even if they're not the best in terms of storytelling or acting or whatever usually they're at least well like he's a good craftsman there, typically there's like, something about them like there's a bit of an x factor there i don't know there's just he's got a a feel to his movies that 
I, I'm attracted to. I enjoy them. Uh, yeah, but to me, this felt like, apart from the open, like, there's some, there's some good, uh, like, setup of the geography is pretty well done. The way he, yeah. you know, moves the camera through the houses. But for the most part, I just, it felt kind of, uh, I don't want to say cheap, but like, it just, I mean, because it is, again, it's a kind of a lo-fi. It's kind of part of its, maybe that's intentional, but it just felt like, I don't know, it just felt like it didn't even have that uh, level of polish that typically his movies seem to have. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know that I agree, but I it's interesting. Uh, I mean, but, uh, and I also just think, uh, again, we'll get, when we get into the plot, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, what it's dealing with in terms of, uh, you know, thematically. Uh, and I kind of get what he was going for. Like, I... And I kind of even respect, at least, I don't really respect the execution, but I respect the that he wanted to tell this kind of story, you know, about dealing with, uh, you know, gender politics and, uh, you know, uh, but I just don't know if it lands. Sure. Uh, it just didn't land for me. Sure. Uh, Did... Uh... You're aware that because you said you could see a better version of this movie. You're aware that this is a remake. Uh, no, I was not aware. All of that. right. Well, this is a remake of a movie from 1977, I believe, called Death Game. I have not personally seen it, but uh, but so is that uh, uh, is it a foreign film? Is no, it... it's American. I think it was like a kind of a lower budget, uh, like like cult horror thing that people latched on to. I've personally never seen it, but I have heard people that like saw this and said that the other one's so much better. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like maybe, uh, was Eli, like it feels a little bit like this is Eli Roth trying to make like a, like a kind of a throwback in terms of the erotic horror thriller about, you know, these aren't very common nowadays. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, just the kind of, uh, and the, but to me, it came down to the fact that you can very much tell that this is a movie written by four dudes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, about some pretty problematic. I mean, I don't, you know, that's a, just you know, iffy gender politics yeah. that I feel like it's trying to, uh, it's trying to take down that type of, uh, you know, sexist. Uh, you know, very much Me Too type of, uh, you know, MRA type uh, yeah, it's got its mindset. Own. But I just don't know if it succeeds at it from my perspective. But Yeah, it's got its own way of going about that. And I think this movie thinks, like, personally, I don't think it does really much either. Like, I, it, there's a lot of mixed signals throughout the movie. Like, what are you trying to say exactly? I just think what pulls it out for me is this is I I I, the, I think it's just so well made and I think it's really entertaining the performances and stuff even if I don't a hundred percent know if it's successfully saying what it wants to say and I'm interested I I will say that I Keanu like he I love what he's doing here like I think that especially the which I'm excited to talk about the especially the, that lap there's one particular scene that's become famous of just him going for it and like yeah. I wish it was at I feel like if it was at that level for more of it it would have yeah. I would have enjoyed it there, but there's just there are scenes here where he is like Nicolas Cage levels just 
going all out. Which is great. Yes. And I do I think that made it uh made me not uh made me enjoy his scenes. Uh but I guess might as well talk so it starts here, you know, it's basically this Keanu's this uh loving father, loving husband, uh architect living in this, you know, amazing house in uh the Hollywood Hills. Uh and then it's you know, his family goes on vacation, he's gonna be home and it's kind of you know, it's got that where he's home alone, uh, and these two, you know, very young, very attractive women show up at his door uh, when it's pouring rain. Uh, and it, that's a good setup. I think the setup is really well done. I think the, uh, just establishing, again, establishing the geography of the house, so we'll know what's kind of going on. Uh, setting up that even though the the dialogue and with the kids, the, the kid actors are a little... I think this was filmed in Chile, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not sure. uh, yeah so it's because uh, apparently Eli Roth's been shooting quite a few of his lower budget films in Chile because they, I guess he just says it's easier to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, but you can tell kind of that it's, these are not American actors like right. these. Uh, but again, it, it does a good job of being efficient and just setting up, you know, he's his family man. Yeah. Uh, some shit's going to go down in this house. Probably. That he's like a really, he, I think he's like got a cute, like a, uh, like a uh, relationship with the kids. Like he's doing like the monster stuff. I think it, I thought those scenes are really fun. Yeah. Or there's this great, again, several amazing line readings in this <laughs> of Keanu saying chocolate cake with sprinkles. I'm not going to yes. even try to replicate chocolate says with it. sprinkles. <laughs> My yeah, favorite. it's it's great. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. And you don't get to see Keanu play a dad very often, so that is you know that's nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cute. And but I wonder if okay, so like, uh, are there see? I'm trying to think of because of the because of where it goes, you know what the uh, thematics are and what it's dealing with about. Uh, I don't know if there are really hints here early on that maybe he's not as good of a guy as. He's projecting. I'd be curious to watch those scenes again to see if there are any hints I, like that. I, but. I thought about that too. Like, I don't want to get into spoilers yet, but but uh, later on in the film, they say something to mean that maybe more of this was planned than you initially thought. And I, I wondered about that specifically watching it this time. If maybe if I rewatched it, is there some sort of nuggets in there about like before everything goes down? Can you see those girls off in the background or? I don't know. Right. Or, or just, yeah, or like, and there is a little bit here where he's like, like he's trying to hook up with his wife in the beginning and then the kids interrupt and then he's like kind of a dick about it. Like he's kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, like he's really upset about it, but then he like kind of goes, oh no, never mind, it's fine. I don't want to start a fight. Like, <laughs> it, so it's kind of like, yeah, that's interesting. maybe there's hints of the, but I think it's ultimate, that's where it gets tricky for me is like, if there are, if there were more hints of that, if there was more uh, development of that, maybe I could think those, you know, it could work better overall, but uh, maybe we can get more into that as we get to the end, where the, when we do full spoilers here, but... Sure. So ultimately, these, so these women show up at his house, uh, and he's immediately, like, uh, you know, weirded out by this, but also kind of, uh, you know they're attractive women he's not gonna you know that's the whole thing is like that's where it gets to me is like how much is it 
supporting that versus uh, tearing it down is kind of unclear, but uh, basically they come in because they're they're like trying to go to this party, they're lost, their phone is dead, they uh, they're soaking wet, so he lets them come in the house to uh, you know check Facebook, I guess is the thing. Like they like let's mm-hmm. use an iPad, and then they end up in bathrobes. Like yeah, uh, they kind of play with like an idea of like what you said. Like, is he doing this as a good Samaritan, or is he trying to? I don't know. What does he want? Like. Right. Does he want to? Is he want? Does he want to take advantage of the situation? Yeah. Does he want to? Yeah, they they, uh, they definitely play with that for a good while before things. Uh, so yeah, basically this slow burn of like uh, them getting there's uh, there's this one really good. I think again this first act is where I really did enjoy what they were doing, especially the just this whole there's this good subtle way of the way they kind of inch their way further and deeper into the house. Uh, like first they're waiting in the hallway, so he goes to get, uh, you know, some towels and an iPad, and then they're he gets back and they're deep. And the way this house is very like, there's lots of hallways, there's lots of uh, waltz. Like they're they're very much they're in there now. Like they it would be hard for him to uh, gently guide them out, and I, I thought that was well done. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, and then he so he called an Uber. Uh, this is this movie came out in. Uh, 2015, I think, and so Uber is a thing, so that's cool. No, you never know. Instead of just call a cab, but uh, so he's uh, basically, but and then again, does a good job of like, okay, they're in the middle of the Hollywood Hills, it's pouring rain, so the Uber is going to take 45 minutes, and that's a good, that's a good job of like uh, setting up this uh, that he's going to be waiting for that moment to try to, and it's almost like he's too reliant on that which is where, which is again an interesting fake where he's like he could just tell them to leave but instead he's uh you know thinking that or he could just or he could just not sleep with them right like that's yeah. the he yeah. could make that decision but he doesn't make that decision <laughs> and again that's where i guess that's what eli roth was interested in is like uh and again this is it's it's trashing but i wonder if that's again if, if that's purposeful if that's what the kind of film he was trying to make of like a very, you know, exploitation uh, film. I definitely think it was. It definitely feels like a, <clears throat> like a exploitation erotic thriller thing. Definitely throwback. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but then again, yeah. And now the more that I think about it here, the way they, uh, so like their phones are broken. And then, that, so that's like, again, that puts his guard down a little bit where he's like, uh, that nothing can happen here. But then, uh, I kept thinking like there's this part where they make a very specific point for her to put her phone in rice because it's like you know waterlogged or whatever uh, and I kept thinking that at some point the phone was going to like turn on and then that was going to give him a hint that these women were up to something but that, I don't think that ever actually happened yeah they, they do set up some things that they don't necessarily pay off like later on in the movie there's a gun just introduced out of nowhere and it doesn't go anywhere. And right. like they do that a few times actually. Uh, yeah. And so then there's this fun. So like, and then he, uh, used to be a DJ. So they start bonding over that. Like they think like, uh, the women, uh, and I, again, I get what, cause we can get to the full spoilers here in a bit, but like, 
I get what they were trying to go there for, but it just feels like it just doesn't ever land, and it's like it just makes it feel. It felt sketchy to me, and I don't know if that was like, again, <laughs> if it was just a mishandling of the uh, the themes and just not really knowing what knowing what to say. Like that, it's almost like they had this idea, but they didn't know how to make it pay off. Sure, sure. But yeah, so they end up in uh, now they're in bathrobes. They uh, so the Uber finally shows up after they start. Like, and there's this there's a scene where he like almost uh, kisses. Uh, so and the, it's funny that you know Ana de Armas, who's now in uh, you know the great, uh, she's great in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, so this is this is probably one of her first movies, I'm sure, um, or at least American movies. Uh, but she does. So yeah, she's I think she's good, and I think. Uh, I don't think the fr- the girl that plays her friend is very, uh, isn't that great. Like, it feels like, again, she's, like, in a different movie, like a pure comedy Lorenzo movie Iso. or something. Lorenzo Iso. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily her fault. It's just kind of the way she's written. She's a lot more, like, uh, direct and, like, you know, bubbly type of... I, I will agree. I think Anna Diarmas feels a little more natural in the role for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like she's almost like, yeah, like a spook. Like that character would be at home in like a, a heightened spook, like slasher spoof or something. But, uh, and but yeah, it ends up so they uh, the, the Uber shows up, uh, and he like tries to get there. He goes to check and then brings or goes to get their clothes. And so then again, they're now they're deeper in the house, and he finds them in the. Uh, in the bathroom, and again, it's a thing where he maybe it is where, where like he makes this decision to instead of just wait for them, he goes into the bathroom. Yeah, and so like <laughs> don't go out and call talk to the cab driver or anything. Just uh, just walk into the shower where they are. Right. So I guess that proves their point again, which we'll get into here. So right. Yeah. Definitely. But they. So yeah, they end up. Uh, you know, they pull him into the bathroom, uh, or they. You know, shut the door. They start, and then they end up having sex. And so this is where he, again, makes a conscious decision to sleep with them. Like this isn't. Uh, but then there are just weird things later where. Uh, okay, so yeah, we'll just we'll just talk about it in order here. So they, so they sleep together, uh, and then in the morning he wakes up, uh, and he thinks that maybe they're gone, but nope, they're still there. They're in the kitchen, and they are uh, making a horrible mess of the kitchen. Eating yeah, they're like, making crepes, of course, because that's a... Making in, insane amounts of food and eating them disgustingly. Well, yeah, she's even eating out of the dog bowl at one point. Like... <laughs> yeah, and the dog's taking bites out of the food and they keep eating it and she, like, squirts <laughs> uh, uh, syrup directly into her mouth. Yeah, uh, and so just clearly, like, he's like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like, like, very, like, what it... very, like, like, okay, things are not what he thinks they are. These people are are different than what he thinks they are, right? Uh, and again, like he's, uh, they do it. It starts. He starts to realize that, like, clearly he's in over his head. Uh, like, uh, but then again, he's again, he's immediately trying to cover everything up. Like he's trying to, uh, and then even immediately the uh, his wife calls on Facetime, uh, and so that's another thing. Like they, uh, there's a funny, there's a funny use of tech where they actively say these names of technology like they say FaceTime there's even a part where the kids are leaving and they're like uh, 
be sure to post pictures on Instagram. Like yeah. that, that made me laugh. Like they just have to say the technologies instead of say send us pictures. That just that was funny. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so they uh, and then this is where he starts realizing that this isn't just some random women that are. Uh, I mean, he thinks they're still random at this point, but like uh, that uh, he's in trouble here. Right. Uh, uh, I think, and this is immediately, do they immediately reveal that they, is this where they reveal that they're, um, it's when they, he tries to call the cops on them. That's when that happens. When I'm trying to, I'm Oh, right, right, right. So yeah, he, right now. so yeah, he talks to the wife and then they almost, they start like, you know, getting naked in front of the window to try to like show it the camera, you know, mm-hmm. and then, well, uh, and then that's where he goes, like he gets off the phone with her with his wife and then immediately starts trying to like force them out. Like he grabs them and starts pushing him towards the door. And pretty close to here is when the neighbor shows up, right? Uh, I think it, no, it's, it's like his massage there. Cause like, oh, right. well, that's another thing which we forgot. Yeah. Where he, they specifically early in the film, they specifically show that he has a shoulder injury. Uh, I think they even say that he was like, he hurt his arm in a batting cage when he was showing off to some young girls. So that's that's one of those clues that, like, uh, you think, oh, maybe he's just... This, but no, but maybe he is a kind of a sketchy that's, dude. That's interesting. Yeah. I never actually caught that. That's fine. That's a good detail. Yeah, so, like, that, again, and I think it. that's interesting. That was interesting. Like, if they had fully gone into it to show that this guy was a really shitty person, but they don't really... They kind of uh, abandon that... Uh, a little bit, but, but at least they. So yeah, that's an in, you know he's got that injury, uh, but yeah. So this is like she's his massage therapist. I wanted, to make uh, a, but who's also a family friend, right? And I want to uh, make a note about her. This is uh, Colleen Camp, and she was actually the star of Death Game. She was one of the two girls in that. Oh, and she's also a producer on this movie. So right, and she's on the DVD commentary, which is a fun listen, I'd say. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, Death Game. Interesting. Yeah, I might need to check that out then, because there's enough interesting in there where uh, I'd like to see, you know, see what that take on it was. But uh, yeah, so in the so they uh, and this is where yeah he like uh, pushes, uh, and then again this is again showing where maybe he's kind of a bad person because like his first reaction when they won't leave is to pin her up against the wall by her throat. Right. Like that's yeah. clearly sketchy. He's very very <laughs> defensive and aggressive. Yeah, uh, like, that's that's his initial, like, instead of thinking maybe I should, uh, but, like, he does offer them a ride home, and then they, and this is where he calls the cops, and uh, then, uh, but he, or he threatens to call the cops, but then they say, like, this is where they reveal that they're, they tell him that they're underage. Uh, like, she says that, uh, or the, uh, like, uh, Anna de Armas' character, Belle, says she's 15, uh, and even says like uh, she's too young to show you her ID, uh, and so this is where it that like. Uh, but then there's some dialogue here where he like says stuff like, uh, "I'm a family man, you know. I'm a I'm, I'm a good guy. Like, why do I? Uh, I just I made a mistake, uh, and that's where it gets a little iffy to me. That like uh, again, I think it might just be sloppiness in terms of. Or the fact that they should have had a woman involved in the writing of, like, just that it, it seems a little bit 
like it's supporting that sense of guys should be able to uh, make mistakes even if it's this really bad. Uh, So that's interesting. They get into that on the commentary, like I said. Like, Eli specifically says, like, no, that's not what he was going for. That he was, like, trying to tell tell you this guy sucks. But, uh, and and I kind of, like, that line you just pointed out, I think that that guy would think that he is a good guy, that he just made this little mistake, and it's not his fault. They were tempting him, you know? Sure. And, and I, and I, and again, I can see that. I think and he it would just, think that. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Eli Roth is a, uh, like, I've, I've heard conversation, you know, I've heard interviews with him, and I, I think he's, again, I think he's well-meaning. I think it just, I think he fumbled it a little bit in terms of the, again, I feel like it's just, if you even had consulted some people about, more about the how to effectively uh, shut that down. Like, to, like even if it was just a couple more. Again, like I said, like delve more into his uh, character. But it's really, it doesn't really give you that. And I, I, I guess I can see people enjoying that. Like, you know, having it. Maybe the subtext is important enough, and maybe it uh, on rewatches it uh, shows itself more. But. Uh, so yeah, in the end, they eventually they agree to leave, and so that's the thing where he feels like, okay, I'm going to get away with this. They're they're letting me drive them home, yeah. uh, and then he immediately, you know, cleans up the house, makes everything neat. He starts work, you know, working on his building again, uh, and then that night uh, they break in, mm-hmm. and this is actually again, this is where it. I felt like it was going to go a little bit. I feel like if it had gone more. Uh, intense, like it, it never really felt that intense to me, and I wish that it had more. Uh, it, you know, it's an erotic thriller, but it didn't really. It, I was never really nervous during. I feel like this scene could have been, although the way he's like searching around his house is well shot. I guess like it's, uh, you don't really know what's going to happen, and that's interesting. But I just, I guess, I kept waiting for it to go full on Eli Roth gore, and it, it never really did, and I. I guess that's not what he wanted to do but at the same time i could have i feel like i would have enjoyed it more if it was all heightened a little more that's interesting because i actually think the thriller elements they they get me like even on this was my fourth or fifth viewing and it's uh i don't know it still gets me i think it's kind of i think it's exciting and i don't know i just don't agree i guess that's just you know (laughs) one of those yeah I, i but i've said before that horror is one of the more subjective things where like certain things are going to scare people more than others. And that's not necessarily the fault of the filmmaker. Like the, I think it's even more, you know, comedy is one of the things that make people laugh is going to be super subjective. I think horror is almost more so. So I don't, you know, people are going to disagree on things. So, uh, but like, and then again, it's, it just feels like then it, this section kind of starts to feel almost meta in terms where it's like fourth wall break, like where they're, doing this, it doesn't go that far, but, like, it's almost, you know, they're, suddenly it's now this kind of black comedy where they're doing this, uh, they tie him up and do this game show of uh, who wants to be a pedophile, is the, and I feel like, if it had, again, if, but it felt like all of a sudden, it came out of nowhere to me, but it, I mean, it was, and it just, it was just kind of, I just didn't like the dialogue in this scene, I thought it was all a little too much, but... What did you think of the whole of that uh, game show conceit thing? Uh, 
I think it's good. I think it was well performed. I think it's a little like some of the lines themselves are a little cringy. I don't know, but but uh, I I think it's like the they've got headphones over his head and they're playing like loud static noises or whatever to and he keeps freaking out that he'll go deaf deaf. Oh that yeah, and this is the first hint of that uh, Keanu doing full like you said Nicolas Cage level insanity yeah. just over the top and. I did love that where he's like, this is part where he says, I'll go deaf, go deaf. And that just made me laugh. I even had to rewind it and watch that scene a couple times. So it was great. Right. Uh, and right about here is when. Yeah, his friend sh- or the, the, Lewis, the his wife's assistant yeah, shows up, shows up. And this made me, this is also funny. We're like, of course, he's going to come up to pick a statue in the middle of the night. Like <laughs> right in the middle of that the night. That makes sense. Nobody, only one person's home. Um, but the family's on vacation. He shows up now to grab it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he shows up. The house is, has been kind of trashed a little bit. It gets worse later. But the house, they've been, like, defiling the, the art. Uh, his wife's an artist, right? She's a she makes yeah she's a skull- well it's, it's a little unclear like and she's got she's a book both, yeah like she's both hosting a gallery but she also makes her own pieces so i guess that's the so some of these or the, maybe she just had them delivered or something like they're yeah they maybe. delivered to them or how that, it's unclear that, that but could be anyway so they've destroyed the statue and lewis finds he kind of like they say that they're they're uh his nieces and he kind of feels a little off about that, but he doesn't really question too much. And then, right, and he sees that they like drew, like you know, they drew dicks on the statue, and they right. like, uh, uh, just graffiti. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny, and then so yeah, he starts freaking out and like realizes that, oh no, these women are not remotely his. No. Like, there's even a part where he says like, he doesn't even have a niece. Like that. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Uh, He's got a really good line in there too. I wish I could remember it. Anyway, so he runs from. He kind of runs from them and finds... Oh, is it that he, like... He says he's from Compton or something? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or Oakland? Yeah. Yeah, and... He says he's from Oakland and that, like, he knows a... Uh... Whack ho or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Something like that. Along it's a funny lines. delivery. Um, yeah. And he goes to... He finds Keanu tied up and... Instead of untying him or trying to untie him even a little bit, he just runs back out and he's like, Oh, I can take these two on. And... And, uh... They grab his, he's an asthmatic or something, and they grab his inhaler from him while he wasn't looking, and they're playing keep away with the inhaler, and that he has an attack, and it gets exhausted and falls over and dies. Yeah, he hits his head on the you know side of the sculpture and dies, and it, and this is where it got weird to me. It's like, so nothing at this point had, that they had done was act except knocking him out, obviously. Uh, was actually that bad. Like, you could see... But here they actively let a guy die who didn't really do anything to them. Like, that's... uh, That's kind of... That's where it gets to me where, like, the the women are... I feel like they could have made them a little bit more... uh, Like, because later, again, where they get talked about, where they reveal that this is, like, this is just a game they play. Like, but now they actively killed someone. And that's, like, where it gets a little... uh, Runs off the rails a little bit, but... I don't yeah, think they're, it... they're moral, like they kind of have some moral ground in places, and like what they're saying makes some sense. And then, then they, they let this innocent guy die for no reason. It kind of doesn't really fit into anything. Yeah, it's really just they wanted to have a death, like they needed to yeah. have. Yeah. And, and there's, but then I guess no, but there is a line later where like 
they're just they like for some reason they wrap his body up in paper mache uh and then put him in a delivery van and then they say something like oh he'll take care of like that they've done this before that they've like killed people before yeah they and they so, like, i forgot about that line they text but. from keanu's phone to lewis's phone saying like oh you motherfucker i'm gonna kill you and oh right they, you slept with my wife i'll kill you yeah, yeah. The, i'll get into it more later but that's one of my bigger problems with the movie is that i don't think like they leave keanu holding the bag and they make it look like he did all this kind of but I, yeah. we'll get into and it so later. we but then yeah but now we get to the best easily the best scene in the movie uh when they uh they tie him up again uh and uh, they, uh, where he starts screaming about like this is where he says like I'm a good father, but then he says stuff like uh, there's a, an all time, literally an all time, over the top, overacting line reading of it was free pizza. I won't. I'll, I'll probably play the. I'll probably play the audio oh, here because do. I can't it's possibly so, repeat it's it. So so good. And this scene, this this model, it's like a whole monologue. It's like a minute long. Oh, it's, it's long. Yeah, it keeps going. Like you keep thinking it's going to end, but no, it's like it's like a solid two and a half minutes and of this, him screaming. I just think this this specific bit is like like I love Keanu Reeves. This is the best thing I've ever seen him done. He's just so going for it. He's so intense. He's so into it. You can tell he's into it. You can, it's just, it's so good what he's doing here. And they, they keep the camera focused in on him for the, like almost the entire time. They cut away once. It's just a little bit of a bummer, but yeah. They, and he's like, I mean, he's, he's got, you know, spits coming out. Like he's yeah. like, yeah, fully going for it. And he probably threw out his voice and that's like, it's, for it's, sure. it's remarkable overacting for sure. And um, here's where they tell him that that like like we're taking this even one step farther. You're definitely dying tonight. You're going to be executed at dawn. Oh yeah, one of the questions. Yeah, one of the questions they ask is, uh, "What's the proper punishment for a pedophile? Like uh, imprisonment, castration, or execution?" Uh, and they actively say like. And then this is another great line reading where he said, where they say they're going to execute him. He's like, execute me. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, so yeah, this, so now they, this is the thing where they say, we'll execute you in the morning. Uh, and then this is where they start trashing the house and graffitiing everywhere. And they start, this is where it really, something that just made me cringe and not in a good way of like, where they're, they like, I mean, they put like, uh, pictures of his daughter saying, like, I'm not going to even repeat it. Just really gross shit. And it's like, I get that you wanted, that they, that these women wanted to show how bad this guy, like, make him, like, frame him for this stuff and to show that he's, like, lost his mind and he's a sick pervert or something. Right. But to me, it's just like, you can do that without making yourself, like, it's, it's just disgusting to me. Like, they would, like, it's just, I get that Eli Roth wanted, and he's not one to uh, be subtle. Like he's going to go for it, and it just to me, it just made me shake my head. But I don't know. Uh, it just seemed like a little much to me. Uh, but sure. But they uh, so they graffiti, and they even like hang they hang the dolls from like by nooses and stuff. And uh, while he's doing this, he tries to uh, escape and starts. For some reason, going to a bookshelf, uh, which we find out later why. But uh, and it's so then they come back after trashing the place. Uh, but it's funny to me that later on, when they show the full extent of how they trashed it, I'm like, 
how did they do that in five minutes? Like, it's, like it almost seems like maybe it was longer, but like it, it felt like they. Yeah. Uh, it really just showed time, them time, smashing stats. Time passes weirdly in this movie. Like suddenly it's back to daytime, and it and they're like, okay, you've got ninety minutes left, and then five minutes later they're out in the yard, you know. Yeah, I wonder if that's just a case of that you know edit. They wanted it to be this. They wanted it to be ninety minutes long, and so they had to just cut. Maybe they cut a little too much, but uh, possible. Yeah. So in the end, uh, now it's yeah. He. This is where you mentioned the gun that shows up. Uh, there's this vase on the shelf that had a, that where they were where they hit the gun, and then yeah, and it kind of goes nowhere. Like there's a part where he like he escapes. Uh, gets the gun and then they chase after him and then he loses the gun and then the gun is never brought up again and it's right. it's, it's odd. They do like I actually I forgot this when I said it earlier, but actually I think they do a good job setting up that like when this pot gets broken, it's kind of a big deal because earlier in the movie, one of the times that Keanu was tied to a chair and he was left to left alone for a little bit, one of the things he was trying to do was smash into this uh, bookcase that had the pot on top and, and it's kind of one and it looked and the camera was focused on the pot and you could tell he's that's what he was going for and that like when that happens you're like what's he trying to do is he gonna like try to break that pot and use the ceramic to cut himself free or something <laughs> right but then now uh, you find out there's a gun inside of it so i guess they do kind of set it up right but but yeah they don't do anything with it it's just there's a gun for half of a scene and then it's done for no apparent reason. I feel like if you had done that earlier before Lewis showed up and then they like they found the gun right as he was about to get it and then Lewis gets shot, that could have made that payoff better. But yeah, as it goes, it's just basically like I guess it was just to make you feel like he could get out and then he doesn't do it again. You know, and yeah. like any. So I guess it's just one of those like they you know you give him an out and then it fucks up and that's like just the way you they do that do one the back too, and forth they do that one too many times like after yeah. he's told he's going to be executed he tries for the 50th time apparently to try to open up his tablet to facetime his wife or something like they do yeah. that exact thing like four or five times and it's a little redundant you know right uh yeah so then it all uh he you know he gets so he gets knocked out again uh, and then he wakes up, uh, and they're about to bury him alive. Uh, and so they do this thing where, they, you know, they do the thing where they basically, you know, bury him up to his head uh, and say they'll give him one more shot to, uh, you know, to survive. Uh, basically, like, we'll let you live if you confess everything you've done to your wife. Uh, but they say, like, not on faith. So, like, she uh, calls him, you know, ca- calls the wife, puts the phone to his head, and give him one last chance to confess and instead he says you know call 911 uh but then they reveal that they didn't call her at all um mm-hmm. and then this is where this is probably the part where it is genuinely intense uh to me where they're like threat they're about to like bash his head in uh with a big ceramic tile uh and that was you know well done and but then of course you had to fake out mm-hmm. yeah and so this is where they make the big reveal that this is like their whole plan is that they basically want to bait men into uh, doing the wrong thing, and they like say that like uh, that they uh, there's this good, they're probably the best line in the movie where they say like no one ever says no, uh, like that they 
uh, do it as a, they, they come on to these guys and then hoping that one person yeah, will. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, great. That's a great, like kind of, kind of expanding line that like implies so much more. And I think that kind of helps their point more than anything else in the movie. That line. Yeah. Which I think that's what it comes down to for me is that they like, yeah, that's great that you have that line in there, but there's like so much about it of these women of like, just seeming like crazy and like that's and that's the whole thing is that that's what a lot happens in you know the real world is that the they'll always believe the man because they'll say that oh the woman wanted it the woman was the one being crazy look at the look at what happens when like they're gonna lie about this stuff uh they're gonna say that they were underage and that he raped them or whatever but uh but it just to me it just felt like it just feels like something that we don't really need and it's like it just made me question that they again if they had just uh thought a little bit more about the uh like if they had paid that off more if they had like uh i guess they and there's this one thing where they mentioned that they uh picked him on purpose that they'd been like spying on him yeah they and that really they mentioned confused me i don't know what the point of that is they mentioned the monsters thing that he was doing with his kids earlier and they mimicked the voice that he was doing and that was that was really interesting because I'm trying to figure out how they pulled that off at all. Like, like once you start thinking about that, it's like, okay, but that was in his bedroom. Do they have mics in there or cameras or something? Like, that's... Right, and, like, why did they pick him? Like, did they just saw a rich guy and so they're like, we can fuck this guy over or yeah, something? they, they make it's some like, it's reference weird. to the 1% somewhere in there, and I do feel like that's part of why they pick him. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. It just doesn't know what it's it like po- uh, on a political level. It's try like which would be fine, except that they try to. It's the fact that that I feel like the fact that they start bringing it up and then don't pay it off is what annoys me. It's like if you're gonna ignore that stuff, fine, then ignore it. But if you're gonna introduce it, then you need to uh, you know flush it out a little more. But oh well, they're also kind of getting out something here that. Like, over the course of these two days or whatever, like, Keanu's, like, what he's he's buried up to his neck in the ground, and he's really, this is another part where he's kind of going for it, and he's yelling, and he's blubbering all over, and the, I feel like they're trying to tell you that, like, he's kind of gone crazy, like, they've broken him down to this point, or whatever, and, and, uh... Or, or yeah, or kind of saying that, yeah, like, this is what... Uh, these kind of men are like that, like that if they're presented this opportunity, that they're going to do it, and that is a bad that that it is a screed against that type of uh, you know toxic masculinity. Sure. Uh, and again, Keanu, does, I feel like I get why. In the end, I get why Keanu wanted to do this movie, and I I get why I'm sure the pitch was really good of Eli Roth saying like it's going to be this uh, exploitation movie. You're going to get to way over the top, and it's going to be you playing a character kind of character kind of like. Uh, the opposite of the character that you usually play. Um, and I can appreciate that. And I think he makes the parts of it that work for me are fully on, uh, due to Keanu's shoulders. Uh, I mean, just his, he carries it for sure. Sure. I 100% agree. And, uh, but I will say that that, that bit, uh, where they make it look like he's going mad and like that maybe he, 
like maybe this is their ultimate plan to make it look like he did all this himself but and like he's gone crazy so now he's gonna actually maybe think he did it or something but well the way they the way they leave him the the house is torn to absolute shreds and the and he's gone crazy and the friend is dead and all the art is destroyed and oh and they and they post the video of him having sex uh with uh with bell on facebook uh right on his facebook right um uh, and you see the comments rolling in from people like telling him what the fuck uh anyway but it seems like what they're trying to tell you here is that he's getting left with a bag he's going to be blamed for all this like it's going to look like he did all this himself he just genuinely went crazy Mm -hmm. but i feel like that doesn't work for me i feel like Mm -hmm. he like there is no possible way somebody would come in and see him his family would come in go to the backyard and see him uh buried up to his neck and think he had any part in what happened like it clearly looks like he's a victim he like there's no way that his family actually thinks like and at that video he's tied up it looks like he's he's being raped he is and i, I don't know i just feel like he definitely has an out of this situation he yeah yeah that's where it gets that's again that's another way where it's like uh again if we lived in a world where uh dudes like got in trouble for that thing kind of thing right where we're where we're believing women over men like then i could buy that yeah, but like 100%. in this world it's like no he's he's gonna get they're gonna believe him they i mean it, his friend's dead like i mean i guess they that's why they sent the text is to say oh he killed him mm-hmm. but like it, yeah, it doesn't track. And they it's sent like, the text just... after he died. I feel like they'd be able to point that out, like figure out that he was dead before those texts were sent. And there's going right. to be fingerprints all over the house of these two girls. Whatever. It's just I don't think that works at all. I don't like, like I don't. Yeah, I it, don't it, honestly believe that Keanu's character is in a ton of trouble after this. I think he's clearly <laughs> going to be seen as the victim, and he's fine. Right, and so that's where it comes to like that. That says that again. Again, it's not their intention. Uh, like that, that's not the director's intention. But in the end, it could be perceived that like it's. Uh, and again, I don't think Keanu's not a misogynist. I don't think that he like. Uh, it just. But the way again, it's all down to the execution. That like, if they had presented it in a better way, where he had, like again, if they had gone full out with him, because cause again, it's an over, it's a heightened exploitation riff, and so like if he had gone. Full on, if he had become a full-on monster, that's the kind of... Th- that's, that's what I kept waiting for it to go. And then it kind of ends, on, like you said, where it's just no way believable that sure. they're gonna, yeah. he's going to take the fall for this. 100%. Uh, and also, we should mention that uh, they reveal that they're not actually underage. One of them's 18 and the other one's 23, I think. Yeah, this is just the thing they... just They like fucking with him. Uh, yeah. They even had him drop him off. There's a part where when he dropped them off, they had him drop... He ha- they had him drop them off at like a playground, like to say that they're like, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not. Uh, they are just. This is just the game they play. They, they make. I bet they even tell some guys earlier that they're younger, and then they uh, have the the guys go through it anyway. But yeah, yeah so. 
Yeah, in the end, yeah. So there's a final shot of it going back through the house, showing all the the damage, and then his wife and kids show up, and there's this line, like, his daughter says, like, did Daddy have a party? And then that's yeah, the last line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, we're left to the Where's My Mind by the Pixies, which uh, has already been used very iconically as the ending of another movie. You don't get to just use it now. You know, right. <laughs> what I mean, this this song has already been used. Find a new yeah, song. Yeah, and right? it's like yeah, and it, it like doesn't yeah, it's out of no there's like no other like needle drops and like they just need to have that final like oh see he lost his mind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's and very... there's another there's another painfully obvious thing that I want to mention earlier where there's a part where like when they're flirting with him, they go to a statue that's like and they start touching it, it's like that statue's not nearly phallic enough, Eli Roth. Like, that's... Oh, like, you know. uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah, this movie, I really just... I don't know if I was just not in the right mood for it, but it just it didn't really work for... Besides Keanu's performance, it just didn't work for me. Uh, and again, I, like, would have loved to see a version of this, maybe, uh, like, you know, a Karen Kusama version of it, where, like... Or, like, uh, you know, where they have more handle on the gender politics of it all but just to me it just it just rubbed me the wrong way and again it's i don't i don't think that these are terrible direct i don't think eli ross is a terrible person i don't think keanu was malicious in its thinking it just to me it just all came down to the execution but i'm glad i talked to someone who did genuinely enjoy it so yeah good I, chat for sure I, yeah. I i i'd say it's it's on hbo go uh, if you have hbo it's i think it's worth it's it's a quick movie so if you and hey, you might enjoy it. And again, it's all worth it for the the pizza uh, dialogue. So free fucking pizza. <laughs> uh, awesome! Thanks so much for being on, Marcus. Thank you for having me. This is a great time. This feels like a good a good payoff to the two bad movies I discussed before. Yes, uh, for me anyway. I guess you you <laughs> think they're all bad. <laughs> yes, uh, but I mean, at the same time, like I. Uh, yeah, I don't like any of them. So, any, but this is—I I was about to say that this one is better than uh, Street Kings, and I don't know. They're both—I have similar issues with both. But oh, that's definitely better than Street Kings. <laughs> at least it's—at least it's original. Awesome. Thanks again, Marcus. Uh, thank you all for listening. Join me next time, where we'll be discussing Exposed, where uh, Keanu teams up with Ana de Armas again. Uh, so, until then, keeping excellent to each other. Mm-hmm.